So many words could be used to describe Candy O'Terry. Singer, songwriter, multi-award winner, number one female on air in Boston, content creator, production company, and radio network owner. But they don't begin to describe the essence of who she really is. Tune in to hear Candy, who has collected numerous life lessons from other women to help fill the hole in her soul caused by the loss of her mother as a teenager, offer a master class of life lessons of her own to help inspire and empower us all. So welcome to the Platinum Passport Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us, Candy. I am so delighted to be here. You get to say Platinum Podcast. Platinum Passport and Podcast. And that's there something. you go. Platinum <laughs> Passport and Podcast. All day long. Better you than me. <laughs> it's so true. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you. I want to talk about your journey. You have this amazing 16 life lessons. I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, I have to talk about how we connected. We are going to get to it if you are ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I'm like an open book, Glynise. That's me. I love to hear that. You and I met because you were a guest speaker for Club Core. And you were talking about your journey a little bit. I was thinking, oh my goodness, Candy worked in radio for 25 years and then she made a pivot. So I want you to tell me, first of all, how you began your career or your journey in radio, but then you know we got to talk about the pivot. Of course. Well, let me <laughs> begin by telling everybody that I believe that in our lives, we are often at a crossroads. And that mm-hmm. crossroads is what led me to radio. And it's also what led me out of radio. Wow. When I first got into radio, I had been a singer my entire life. And I had gotten into voiceover work and doing jingle work. And of course, jingles end up on the radio. radio. <laughs> and I became a single mom very unexpectedly, oh. very difficult, heartbreaking situation. Mm. And I ended up going to broadcasting school for four months. And the reason I did that was because I thought, well, I'm already doing voiceover work that's mm-hmm. landing on the radio. I'm a singer who's been singing these songs all my life, just pop songs. So maybe I could work in radio. And it was a very, very smart decision. So I got a job, but very entry level, get your foot in the door kind of job, which I suggest that everybody be a lot more open to. People think, oh, I want to start at the top. Well, guess what? There's a lot of learning to be done in no matter what industry you're in. So here I was, I get hired as the eight-week maternity fill-in person in the programming department at the (laughs) number one station in Boston. Oh, wow. And honestly, Clinice, I had no hope of ever being on the radio at a big station like that with no experience. But one day, we had a disc jockey with a terrible habit of falling asleep on the radio. And my boss had nobody to put on but me on a summer weekend in the overnight from midnight until 5 a.m. You know, we have to take a leap in life. And Mm -hmm. for me, that was my leap. And I begged my boss not to make me do it. I said, (laughs) I'm going to be terrible. Please don't make me. And he said, you're going to be great. Well, I was terrible. (laughs) And I fell (laughs) flat on my butt. But I worked hard on it. And I figured out that I, I could be good at this. And I spent the next 25 years on the radio. And during that time, the number one piece of advice that I give to everyone is, I was just a sponge. 
I tried to learn everything I could about the business of radio, what goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that I was kind of like a fish to water. This was exactly what I should do with my life. One thing led to another. I had incredible opportunities. I ended up as the assistant program director, which means the (gasps) second in charge, one of only six women in the nation in a top 10 station in that position. Candy. Thank you. I also had the opportunity to create a show called Exceptional Women, which was a weekly program about women doing great things with their lives. And Clinice, the show blew up and won every award there is possible and really became a labor of love for me. So people always say, okay, why'd you leave? Yes. Well, (laughs) they, they moved me to mornings in 2013. I had been on in the afternoon for 20 some odd years. And you need to be cut from a certain cloth to be able to get up at 3.30 in the morning. And I signed a two-year deal to do that. And when those two years were up, I just raised my, hand, my, my surrender flag. I said, guys, I love you. This has been a great trip, but I cannot do this anymore. And I just knew there was, there was more I wanted to do. In your story, there are so many things that really spoke to me. One of which is that you went to broadcasting class because you were thinking, I want to be on the radio. Then when your opportunity comes, you're like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm going to be horrible. But you persevered and once again found that in truth, this really was your calling. But what I am so appreciative about with your story is that sometimes we get so caught up in one thing being our calling, like we have to stay in this moment. That's right. But then you were very easily able to see, or maybe not easily, but just because of life circumstances, you were willing to say, you know what? Hey, this was a great run, but now it's time to do something else. It reminds me of something that my husband said to me. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, Candace, you don't have to climb the mountain all over again. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. Because in order to stay on the top at a big number one station in a top 10 market in the United States of America, it's a lot of work. And I'd already climbed to the top. I'd already gone from the secretary to second in command to the number one female on the air in Boston. Unbelievable. And won all these awards for this show that I loved so much. So I guess I figured okay, this has been, like you just said, a great run. And I also wanted to be in charge of my own exit. And for any woman who's listening to your program and (laughs) men too, if you can walk out on your own without being thrown out the window for any reason, and I wasn't, they wanted to sign (laughs) me for three more years of getting up at 3.30 in the morning. No, thank you. (laughs) But I knew that if I could be in charge of my own exit. I could do it with grace and with dignity. And I did. So then what do you do? First, the first thing I did, ladies and gentlemen, is I slept. I slept a lot. <laughs> I'd lay there in bed. I'd of course wake up at 3.30 and then go, ha, 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 I don't have to get up. And I did that. I swear to God for about six months. I loved sleeping. <laughs> loved it. And then I thought, you know, what do I still want to do? And the thing that I missed the most was the women I was interviewing every week. What a gift they were, the stories they told, the wisdom they shared. So I created what I consider to be the Exceptional Women Show Part Two, which is called The Story Behind Her Success. So I started it as a podcast series, and I'm up to 210 episodes. 
And it's now also a radio network. So I turned around to all my connections in radio and was able to monetize my content by creating my own radio network. (laughs) Ta-da! Candy, I am so impressed. I feel like I have to hide. (laughs) It was hard. Ladies and gentlemen, not easy. It goes back to the, hey, if you want to get something done, you better do it yourself. Wow. And look at how it has continued to grow into this now something that honestly, when you began that journey, you had no idea that it was going to end up being its own network, right? When I came up with the concept, the idea for Exceptional Women, it was way back in the time machine. It was 1992, but nobody else was doing it. You know, Oprah was on fire. And Lifetime Television had just launched. People were starting to appreciate the success stories of women. And I thought, aha, what if I put one of these women in the spotlight, ask her some good questions, and then sit back and just let her tell her story? Bingo. Good idea. Yes. (laughs) Great idea. Yeah. Fast forward all these many years. I love that you have a heart and a passion, obviously, for women and recognize that each of us has our own specific story. And each human being obviously has their own individual story. But women in particular, it is powerful for them to be able to have that opportunity because not always have they had that opportunity to do so. So as you continue to move forward, you know, with this particular vision and this new venture, what do you feel like are some of the things that have really resonated for you as you have engaged with all of these amazing people? Well, there's been so much treasure and so much joy. And let me also tell you that my mother died when I was a teenager and I'm an only child. Both of my parents are only children as well, and they were divorced. And so I wasn't, I came from a tiny, tiny little family. Mm -hmm. And when you lose your mother when you're a teenager, I believe that you grow up with a little bit of a hole in your heart. Yes. And I didn't have other female role models. So it's no surprise that I was looking for role models. Right. And I found them through that show called Exceptional Women and now through the story behind her success. So in a lot of ways, I always tell every woman I interview, thank you, because you're filling that hole that my mother didn't get a chance to complete. I've learned so much wisdom. So one of the first great joys beyond giving these women a platform to tell their story, and Clinice, you're so right, women have not had that kind of a platform, and they deserve it. And now we've also got a body of work behind us. We've been in the workforce. We've climbed the ladder. We've gone through the glass ceiling. Now we've got these great stories to tell, right? And there's no shortage of stories. I could interview people all day and all night and every day of the week. There's, the stories are everywhere. That's number one. Number two, along the way, as I was uh, interviewing these women, I remember it was a, a snowy day here in Boston, and I was sitting with a big cup of tea. And I started, I always have the steno <laughs> pad with me at all times. Oh, I love that. I started writing down some words of wisdom that these women have shared with me. And that's how 16 Life Lessons was born. And that became a public speaking platform. It's also going to become a brand in and of itself, a brand extension of who I am and what I do. So that's been a tremendous gift to me, the 16 Life Lessons. I love it. And it's on your website. And we're going to link to that, actually. 
I loved the 16 life lessons. I was looking at each one of them. And to be honest with you, Candy, each one could be its own book, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? I like the way you think, Clarice. Let's do this together. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. As I read them, I said to myself, of course, they resonated. Each one resonated with me. But I thought, if I guarantee you, if Candy just would release one a day, I am certain there's so many people that could be like, that's my story, or I could tell you something about that. I've done that a lot on social media. I really have. And everybody has a reaction to them. And then also what I do is every week that I interview someone, I take a quote from that woman Oh, and I release that on Motivation Monday, just as a little quote to remind you of some wisdom from this woman that I've interviewed. But you're so right. The 16 Life Lessons are very inspiring. And you know, you've got 16 choices and depending on the mood that you're in, they really do help you. And they're just words of wisdom and you can get them off of my website. You can download them at no charge at all. And thank you for linking to candyoterry.com. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I just know that for me, it resonated. And I was thinking, of course, people in the audience, what a great way for you to connect. It's a great, and I love that you have it for free because it's a real gift to anybody, you know, you might be going through something on that day and you go and you look at the 16 life lessons and you're going to find something that speaks to you, something that inspires you, something that motivates you. So I just loved it. Is there one that speaks to you today or one that you find great joy and inspiration from as you read through them? The last one, number 16. Stop it. Is that your fave? That's my All right. So let me tell you the story behind that piece of wisdom. Here's the line. At the end of the day, ask yourself, is this a day I can sign my name to? Love that. The woman who inspired that is a woman named Marilyn Carlson Nelson. And Marilyn ran an international company called Carlson Vogenly Worldwide. And at one point, her company owned cruise lines, And the money had originally come from a product that's very much like back in the day, S&H Green Stamps. It started out as a a travel, a small travel company. Mm -hmm. And she was 72 years old when I interviewed her. And I asked her the question, at the end of the day, what matters the most to you? And her answer was, I lay there. And when I put my head down on the pillow, I ask myself, is this a day I can sign my name to? Have I been inclusive? Have I been kind? Have I been a good leader? Have I been a good wife? Have I been a good mother? Have I been a good grandmother? Have I been a citizen of the world? That's one of the best answers I've ever gotten to that question. I love that. It's interesting that that resonated with me. The travel component is interesting. Of course, the piece about what does she, as she's laying there at the end of the day, she's kind of thinking about kind of doing inventory. Yes, taking stock. Exactly. And I think that for me, I always try to think about being intentional and deliberate. You don't always, you can't always do it just because life is happening sometimes so quickly. But when you are able to take that time and ask this question like she did, it really does sort of help you to plan and be prepared. 
think about how you want to live your life on a daily basis. I love that. And I will also say that the imagery of when you sign your name on a piece of paper, right? You're signing a check, you're signing a mortgage, you're signing a contract. It matters. Your signature matters. And that imagery of, is this a day I can sign my name to? elevates the human experience, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness, Candy. Thank you for sharing that story. I've read your your life lessons a few times. And every time that's the one that every time I get to that, I think, wow, that's pretty powerful. I will add one more. And that is number 13, which is good goes around, even if it takes a while. And that is something that I learned very early on in my life from my mother. And she said, Be careful to always be throwing good things out into the world because they really do come back to you. And that's what I do. And I know, you know, somebody might be like driving along going, oh, yeah, that's so Pollyanna. You know, (laughs) does she really? Well, yes, I do. And it, it is a mantra for me. I try to stay away from people who have bad karma. Yes. I want nothing to do with people who aren't nice. I don't like bad energy. I run away as fast as I can. And I try only to throw in the good stuff. I can personally attest to that in many ways because when you were the presenter uh, for Club Core, this happened during COVID actually. So virtually members from all around the country were tuning in. You mentioned your podcast. And I have to say this, you have not just the story behind her success, you have the speaker coach and you have country music success story. So you are just not like one and done. You are doing it multiple Thank times. <laughs> yes. I have my own production company. So I'm, I'm, I really see myself as a content creator these days for sure. And so I wrote in the question, I have been thinking about doing a podcast and I heard you mention that you did a podcast. You know, What would you recommend for someone who might be thinking about that? And you graciously said, well, have that person contact me. And you gave me your email address. And I was thinking, first of all, I thought really sweet, very nice. But then I thought, well, I'll see, because sometimes you and I both know people will say that. And then when you reach out, they don't return the call or life is busy. And it took me a few months um, because I was kind of working it through in my mind. Like, do I, can I really do this? And I contacted you and you said, yeah, let's meet. And you set up a time for us to speak over the phone. And I was so thankful for how generous you were with your information, with your encouragement. One of the things that you said to me, and it tickles me to this date, is you said, after we have been talking about 15 minutes, you said, okay, well, you have a nice voice. I think you might could do that. (laughs) It's true. It's interesting because there are over a million podcasts out there these days. And to be honest with you, what separates you know, those who are going to be successful from mm-hmm. those who are not is not just work ethic and it's not just content. Mm. It is the sound of your voice, period. Because as human beings, we watch and we listen and we decide if we want to have more with this person. It's the law of nature. It's called first impressions. And 65% of a first impression is your body language. 30% is the tone or texture of your voice. And 5% is your content. 
So think about that for just a second to get yourself depressed, right? I know, right? <laughs> the fact is that's how we judge each other. And so right away I said, oh, she's got a very pleasant sounding voice. And so if you can take that and add great content, great guests, and an interesting subject, you're going to be successful for oh, sure. Thank you. I I was so moved by that. Really, it it really was so inspiring. And then I was actually going through a mentoring process and she and I were, my mentor and I were speaking and I happened to mention that I had spoken to this woman who was so kind Candy O'Terry, and that you know, she gave me some great information, and she felt like definitely if I wanted to do this, you know, think about it. But if this was something that I wanted to pursue, she thought that it, it, I could definitely do it. And my mentor Natasha was like, "Do it, <laughs> take the leap." That's exactly <laughs> what she said. And so I think one of my assignments was okay, do some additional research. And then, you know, determine if this is something that you want to do. And then I reached out to you again and I said, Candy, I'm ready to do it. And you just have been so gracious, you know, all along the way. It's my pleasure. I'm really happy to do it. And the reason why is because I know you're the real deal. You know, it's one thing to say you want to do something. It's another Mm -hmm. thing to do the hard work and make it happen. So congratulations on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Thank you for, as you say in number 13, doing good mm-hmm. because it does come around. And, and sometimes the part that I like about that 13 is that it says, even if it takes a while, because sometimes it really does seem like you're doing so good and either nastiness is coming at you or you see nastiness being rewarded beside you. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I so agree with you. And I think now more than ever, Clinice, we need to be good to each other. Yes. We just need to be good citizens of the world, period. So it's my pleasure to help you any way that I can. Last year, I think it was, you had a very difficult moment and you wrote something called, or you spoke about it on one of your podcasts about the 72 hours with Eloise and what you learned in that moment. And I was like, oh, she's got to share that with our audience. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Just thinking about Eloise makes me want to cry. Oh, uh, the long story short is in June of 2021, I had a very serious lower back injury mm. and I ended up in the hospital twice, once for six days and once for seven days. And during that time, I was on intravenous pain medication. Mm. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. The good news is I'm fine now, and that's an even longer story. I was able to avoid surgery, believe it or not. Really? That's During that second visit to the hospital, I was paired up with a 96 or 97-year-old woman (laughs) named Eloise. And Eloise taught me so many things over the Mm. course of those few days that we spent together. She never called me by name. She called me roommate. Oh, roommate. (laughs) And she always wanted me to ring her buzzer for her, which I ended up doing, and I was happy to do it for her. Toward the end of my stay, I was, they got me on a walker, and I was able to start walking. Mm-hmm. And I was so curious to know what she looked like, because she was this person behind the curtain on the other side of my room. <laughs> so I hobble over on my walker. 
And I come over and I say, Eloise, it's your roommate. I'm Candy. So nice to meet you. (gasps) I couldn't imagine what you looked like. Please come closer so I can see you. So I did. And she proceeds to tell me the story about how she was a choir instructor and how much joy she got from taking young girls and giving them a sense of self-esteem that they had their own voice coming out of their body and how beautiful it was and the joy of teamwork and being part of a chorus and the melody and the harmony and on and on she went. And I said, well, Eloise, I'm a singer. And she said, you are? I said, yes, I am. May I sing you a song? She said, well, go right ahead. And she sat up in her bed as if she was the (laughs) choir instructor now, right? And so I started, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Well, she thought this was pretty darn good. She was very excited about it. And she said, oh, and I really like your tone. And I said, well, thank you so much. And I hobbled back to my bed. And there began one of the most beautiful relationships between the two of us. And she would tell me just her thoughts about life, looking in the rear view mirror. And what I learned, Clinice, was there are times in my life when I look back on my career and I think, well, I'm in the rear view mirror. And what I learned from Eloise, at the age of 96, is that nothing is in the rearview mirror until we're six feet under. That's exactly (laughs) right. And she had so many things about being brave, so many lessons for me about listening. Her father taught her that it's, it's not just about the words you say, it's about the time you spend listening. She was one of the greatest women I've ever met. And feisty. Oh, my roommate. Ring my bell for me. We can learn so much from the elders in our lives. It's so true. That's one of the reasons why I loved that story is because for I really believe so much how we can communicate and grow and develop so much intergenerationally. Yes. As you were sharing that story, I was like, this is so I've got to ask Candy to share Eloise's story because it was just so sweet and beautiful. I have to tell you, I have had people reach out to me after listening to that episode. Really? And remember, too, that I recorded that episode on my back. Right. So my voice sounded very different. I had lost all the power in my voice because I'd been laying down for so long. Mm. And I've had people reach out to me via email and saying, I had to pull over to the side of the road because I was crying exactly. over all the lessons that Eloise was teaching you. So I'm, thank you for asking me about that. That was a good episode. Yes, it was wonderful. And the words that just seem to keep reoccurring in our conversation is this idea of lessons. And I know that you seem to be someone who is continually open to learning open to growing, open to developing. You've created this production company. You're looking at things that of creating content. What are you anticipating about the future? What does that look like for you? I'm always thinking about what's next. I know you are as Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) I have a lot of things that I'm very excited about. You had mentioned that I have another podcast and it's called Country Music Success Stories. And I'm a huge country music fan, and I have a co-host named J.C. Don Valeris, who is a very accomplished 
a former singer, a songwriter, lives in Nashville. Wow. And I go there every six weeks and we sit down with superstars and we find out how they got to where they are today. We've got lots of plans for that show, including a radio syndication deal and possibly a video deal where we would bring a camera along for these interviews. Our most recent one, which I'm hoping everyone will take a listen to, (laughs) is with the story of Rita Wilson, the wife of Tom Hanks. She's got a new country record. Not only is she an actress on film, in television, on stage, recording artist, she's the stage performer, she's a philanthropist, she's a breast cancer survivor. What a story. So that's the Rita Wilson story. And then I also do a lot of coaching. I'm a communications coach and I have a podcast which is called The Speaker Coach. And that's really where I focus on the sound and the delivery of your voice. I coach a lot of people around voiceover work as well. We all have a voice, right? And everything that you do is allowing people to either use their voice, find their voice, share their voice. I just think that is such a powerful way to move in the world because so many people have these great stories to tell or they have these great ideas and they don't know how to share it or they don't have a platform to fit, yes. you know, to share it. So that's wonderful. You know, one of the things that I've recognized in particular is as women, I think that we feel as if we need to be hyper prepared in order to start. Mm-hmm. And I say to the women that I work with, just start. Don't feel like you have to dot every I and cross every T and have your strategic plan already. Start because you're always going to find a reason every single day not to. Maybe it's the kids who need care. Maybe it's the bed that needs to be made or the big job that you have. But if you have a dream and a longing and a calling and a little voice inside that's saying, I really want to do this, Mm -hmm. take the leap and just start. Even if it's one little step, baby steps are better than no steps at all. Life lesson number two. (laughs) And that is so true. It is a really powerful comment that you just made. And Something that I hope that the Platinum Passport podcast will help people to do the exact same thing. You know, just take the step because, like you said, there's so many reasons for us not to do that. This Platinum Passport guest travelogue brought to you by the Platinum Group. Before we end, I have to talk to you about your travel log. Yay. (laughs) To me, I know that life is a journey. We are always having an opportunity to kind of explore our world, explore the planet, not just in our personal and professional lives, but also we have an opportunity to actually really travel. We have this great picture everybody's going to be on our website. And I loved the story that Candy shared talking to me about what that was like. So, Candy, can you share? I would love to. (laughs) My family and I have been traveling to Palm Springs, California, which is the playground of the stars. It's about two hours north of Los Angeles in the 1940s and 50s in particular. That was the heyday of Palm Springs and people like Bob Hope and Marilyn Monroe and Frank Sinatra, and the Rat Pack, and anybody who was anybody had a home (laughs) in Palm Springs. 
and it is the home of mid-century modern architecture. Mm -hmm. And there's a place there, which is called the Ocotillo Lodge, which was built in 1948 by the singing cowboy, Gene Autry. And we discovered the place in the 1990s when it had been turned into a hotel and then turned into condominiums. I want you to picture little bungalows all around, just one story, all around a swimming pool that is shaped like the cork of a wine bottle or a champagne bottle. And I'm a swimmer. I'm a master swimmer. It's the only sport I'm any good at, so don't get too excited. And so I'm always looking for the best pool whenever I'm on vacation. When I met my husband, I I brought him there hoping that he would like it too. It's our second marriage and he loved it. And now we're there for all of January and all of February. So we've taken our one week in March and we've turned it into two months where we live at the Akatio Lodge. But the magic of the place is the fact that these little bungalows were all lived in by Marilyn Monroe, John F. Kennedy. By the way, there's a secret passageway between the Marilyn Monroe and the John F. Kennedy suite. And there's just the Doris Day suite and the Lucille Ball suite. And there's just so much history in the place. It's very quaint. It's very kitschy California is what I like to call it. Kitschy California. (laughs) But it is our happy place for sure. What has been one of your favorite vacation spots? Well, it's a very timely answer to your question, Clinice, because one of my very favorite vacation spots Mm -hmm. is underwater right now, and that is Captiva Island in Florida. And we have vacationed there with our children and our grandbabies. It is a magical, magical place. And if you look at all the news, you'll see because of Hurricane Ian that a passageway that goes from the mainland, Fort Myers, across to Sanibel Island It's an elevated highway, and that has been broken into three parts. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's impossible to get by road across the ocean to Sanibel Island right now. And then beyond Sanibel Island is another little island called Captiva. And there's literally a two-lane little bridge that takes you from Sanibel to Captiva. And once you get across that little bridge... It is as if you are in a magical land where it's all sand roadways shaded by giant palm trees. The water is crystal clear. The dolphins leap from the water at sunrise and sunset. The sand is white. The shells are pink. There's a place called the Bubble Room, which is a famous, famous restaurant, which I suggest I'm praying that it's still there. It's filled with memorabilia from the old radio days all the way up through the big heyday of movies to now. And it's just a magical place. And all the homes are up on stilts because they need to be. I'm hoping that people survived. But I hear that it is in very tough shape. Oh, my goodness. Yes, our prayers and thoughts are certainly with the families. Thank you for sharing that. And I have to ask you, do you have a dream destination? Is there a dream place that you want to go? Sure thing. I want to go to Tuscany. So wicked bad. I can't even tell you. I can't wait. And I do have a friend who I had interviewed about a year or two ago. She and her husband, he's Italian. They bought a 13th century monastery in Tuscany that they've turned into a villa bed and breakfast. They have their own olive trees. They press their own olive oil. 
there are vineyards all around. And I'm telling you, I've got to astro project myself to Tuscany somehow. I got to figure it out for sure. And Ireland, which is where I'm from. So it's where my family is from. So I'd very much like to go to the place where my relatives came from. That would be very special. So you'll have to keep me in the loop about what you find out about (laughs) Tuscany, because that, that is definitely on my bucket list as well. Who do you love to travel with? Is it your love? Is it family? Are you about being solo? Friends? What do you like? I am a really good traveler with my husband, believe it or not. And he and I have a rule. And the rule is when you're on vacation, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, right? So if I just don't feel like going sightseeing today... I'm not going sightseeing today. That doesn't mean you have to stay with me. You can do what you want. And that makes us not just a good couple. It makes us a good traveling pair for sure. I love yeah, that. We're good travelers. Now, okay. And then this is going to be the last one. When you travel, are you about culture? Would you consider yourself an explorer, a chill and relax, an adventurer, culture craver, or foodie? And you can have more than one, by the way. Oh, thank you for asking that question. And it's a hard one, Clinice. I would say that I want to immerse myself in where I am. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the local things. I, I, I don't necessarily need to see the things that they're famous for. I just like to walk around and I can't wait to do that in Tuscany. I can't wait to just go to the local little town and walk around and pretend I live there. (laughs) I can't wait to just sit and watch a sunset. Those are the kinds of things that fill my soul. And certainly I, you know, I can't wait to do certain things. Like if I had an opportunity to go to Rome or something, I of course would want to see all the incredible parts of Rome, but I mostly, I, I like to immerse myself in the culture And to be honest with you, I'm not much of a foodie at all. I am a meat and potatoes kind of girl. And I know some people love very fancy meals with five or six different courses. I think my husband would divorce me for that. Seriously. No, he wouldn't. But I'm a regular girl. That's it. I I don't need I don't need fancy food. I do love a cocktail. (laughs) I will be experiencing the wine of Tuscany. That is so great. And really the perfect way to end our time together. It has just been an absolute delight to find out you are not just the person that you presented yourself to be, you know, when you were, when you spoke and when you and I have spoken one-on-one, just, you know, you being generous in terms of giving great advice but you are who you are, even as we're sitting here talking today. And I, I hope that the audience can, I know actually that the audience can tell that as well. So I am so thankful, number one, that God allowed our lives to intersect because really it's great to have a dream. And I wanted to do this podcast. I really wanted to do years ago a show. That's all I could say in my mind. I knew I wanted to do a show, but I was thinking, my goodness, it's going to be so expensive. I've got to have, you know, advertising. I've got to do all of this. Mm. Podcasts didn't even exist when I had this dream. Sure. Somebody said something to me one day about a podcast. I was like, oh, well, I don't know if that's really for me. Then I saw you and heard you speak and you mentioned that you did it. And then we were able to connect but you've not only been generous about your advice, but even saying, Clinice, these would be some great folks for you to work with. 
And that is half the battle, really, because you can have a dream, but you don't know how to make that happen. And you've been just so gracious in doing that. So I I just want to publicly thank you. Of course. I, I cannot wait to see what you do next, Candy. I literally can't wait. Right back at you, <laughs> sister. And let me say to everybody who's listening that there's a message here from Clinice and there's a message here from me, which is this. If you have a dream, it can only be made real when you take that first step. And if you sit in the corner and just think about it all day long, another day goes by. Just take the step. Perfect. Thank you so much, Candy. Of course, it was my pleasure. Thank you for asking. I really appreciate it. During our conversation, Candy and I spoke about a couple of the 16 life lessons she has compiled, which you can find a link to in our show notes. Those lessons, along with the lessons Candy shared in her own story, such as you do not have to climb the mountain again, the power of the pivot, and being in charge of your own exit can be valuable life lessons for us all. As we each relentlessly pursue our destiny, there is one lesson that both Candy and I hope that you heard loud and clear. Do not defer your dreams another day. Just start. Your Platinum Passport has been stamped. I look forward to seeing you at our next destination.